بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد الحمد لله we praise due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we, with this jalsa, will be continuing, this gathering here will be continuing with the text of Sharh al-Sunnah by Imam Babahari, rahimahullah, and continuing on from where we left off, inshallah. Still discussing some of the, the chapters in relation to the ahamiyah of sunnah, the importance of the sunnah itself, and the ahamiyah the importance of adhering to the sunnah. And speech such as that, and Allah Ta'ala knows best. And so, we continue from the statement of Imam Bahari, where he states, وَأَلَمْ رَحِمَكَ اللَّهِ أَنَّهُ لَا يَتِمُ الْإِسْلَامُ عَبْدٍ حَتَّى يَكُونَ مُتَّبِعًا مُصَدِّقًا مُسْلِمًا So we start from that part there and if one can, someone can read the Arabic insha'Allah Barakallahu Fikum Is anyone going to um, volunteer or do I need to pick? At this point I know most names Yeah, the English? The Arabic وَعَلَمْ رَحِمَكَ اللَّهِ أَنَّهُ لَا يَتِمُ الْإِسْلَامُ إِسْلَامُ عَبْدٍ حَتَّى يَكُونَ مُتَّبِعًا طيب إن شاء الله يد إنجليش ولا يد عربيك أوه خلاص حسن يبدا عربيك تفضل The author said, Note that Islam of the slave will not be complete until he becomes one who follows the Quran and Sunnah, believes in them, and submits to them as well. Whoever claims that there is something left in the affair of Islam, the companions of the Messenger of Allah did not explain to us, has denied them, and this alone is sufficient factionism in Islam <coughs> Such a person is an innovator, is astray, to lead others astray, and he is introducing into Islam what is not of Islam. Now, this chapter essentially, or this, uh, this speech here from Baba Hari, again, is an extension from what we discussed previously in relation to the companions and the defense of the companions. In the fact that what we understand is that if a person, if you find that an individual, yata'an fi sahaba, is an individual that has 
uh, yeah, he's spoken ill of the companions, and there's ill speech mentions of companions, and criticizes the companions of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, then we understand by way of that that such an individual is a stray Dalam Mudil, he's a Zindir. As is mentioned by Abu Zur'ah al Razi, فإذا رأيت رجل انتكس في صحابة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فعلم أنه زنديق. And so if you find you come across a man that speaks ill or diminishes the stature of one of the companions of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم then no such an individual is a heretic. What we, dis- what we discussed previously, Barakallahu Feekum, is that Ata'an fi Sahaba, in reality, is the Ata'an fi ma So, when it comes to the individual speaking ill of the companions and diminishing the stature of the companions, in reality, they are seeking to diminish that which they are carrying. And that which they are carrying is nothing other than the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. And we mention an example of that from those that are muntasib in Islam, i.e. those that ascribe to Islam, from the munharifin, i.e. those who have deviated, an example of them, and all that are the rafidah, the Shia, is that they will seek to make ta'an of the companions, speak ill of the companions, make tafsik of the companions, I describe them as fusak, yani wrongdoers, sinful individuals. They may take fear of the companions, some of them, the khubatha amongst them, the most filthy amongst them. That these individuals, they will make take fear of the companions. I des- they describe them essentially as being non-Muslims. And all of that is an exercise in raising their bid'ah and diminishing the sunnah. And so the intent behind their speech is not the companion bid'atihi. The intent is not merely to speak ill of an individual, a companion is an individual. However, their intent is to diminish that which they're carrying, which is the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Another example of that, then you remember what we mentioned, another example of those who speak ill of the companions. I from not the, from those among to those who are not amongst the Muslims. The Mustashriqeen, no. The Orientalists. Now you find that the Orientalists, the Mustashriqeen, they will attack the companions of the Messenger of Allah. And question their integrity. And question I them, the companions of individuals, and their adala, and their uprightness in deen. All of this, likewise, is an exercise in diminishing that which they carry. So you find some amongst them will seek to try and diminish the state, the stature of Abi Huraira, for example. Because if you diminish the stature of Abi Huraira, then what? You'll bring into question over 1,000 a hadith. 
And so this is the manner in which the people seek to speak ill of Islam and the Masajid of Islam as well. I the texts of Islam. And no doubt within this action is a degree of cowardice. Within this is cowardice. Because they are not able to speak about the Messenger of Allah directly. They're not able to speak ill of the Nabi directly. Except for those that even are filled even more with their hatred and their evil, then they may speak in such a, in such a disparaging, manner, disparaging nature and manner against the Prophet However, what you find from a vast majority of these individuals that seek to attack Islam is that they will enter, seek to enter by way of the companions. And it's as of no any coincidence that when you find these individuals going astray, you'll find parts of them or you find from amongst their speech, speech about the companions of the Messenger of Allah because within that is a, mean, a means of them attacking the Sunnah. And so, here, Baba Hari mentions the speech in relation to the affair of Islam is sufficient for the servant of Allah. And that this speech mirrors the speech of Imam Malik, where he mentions Whoever newly events an affair in the region of Islam, considering it to be good, then it's as if he has said by way of that that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa it's as if he has said that the Nabi has fallen into betrayal in relation to the Rusala, in relation to the message. And this is that, as was referred to as the Lisan al Hal, or Lazim al Qawl, i.e., the statement that is necessitated within that. Because if a person says, I'm doing this action now, and it's not found within Islam, it's not found within the Nasus of Islam, it's not found within the text of Islam. However, this action is khayr. Even though the Prophet didn't come with it, it's khayr. Then he's saying that there was khayr that the Nabi did not inform us of. Not that this is a degree of betrayal when it comes to the affair of Yanis Rasana. So this is a Yani an accusation leveled at him by way of a person speaking about bid'ah in a manner in which it is hasan as they say. What reality is this? Allah Ta'ala revealed the eye in Surah Al-Ma'idah Al-Yawm Akmantu Lakum Deenakum Wa Atmantu Alaykum Wa Atmantu Alaykum Ni'mati Wa Radeetu Lakum Islam Adina Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayah that today 
I perfected religion for you and completed my favor upon you and chosen Islam as your religion. This ayah was revealed during the Hajjat al Wada'ah. This ayah was revealed during the farewell Hajj. And so we understand that the companions, all of them, they transmitted from the Prophet And that they did not withhold anything. They did not fall into kitman al-in, I withholding knowledge. They did not fall into withholding knowledge in any way, shape or form. A clear proof of that is the hadith of Mu'ad al-Jabal. The hadith of Mu'ad al-Jabal. In which the Nabi informs him that the right of Allah upon his servant is that he worships him alone. The servant worships Allah alone without any partners. And the right of the servant that Allah has granted him is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not punish him, i.e., punish him for eternity. The one that does not associate partners with him. And then Mu'ad al-Majabal at the end of the narration he mentions to the Prophet وسلم, seeking permission. nas. May I give glad tidings to the people. And thus the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he mentions فَلَاتَبَشِّرْهُمْ فِيَتَّكِلُهُمْ I do not give them this glad tidings, lest they become reliant upon it. And they become reliant upon it. If they hear, or if they're only aware that they just don't need to fall into shirk, then they may become lax in relation to Amara Salah. Wa Masara'ah. La Khairat. I strive to do righteous actions. And so due to that, the Messenger of Allah Wasallam mentioned that do not inform them lest they become reliant upon it. So with that being said now, what is the, as was referred to the virtual istidlal, what is the point or where is the main point of reference where we can say that this is a proof that the companions did not withhold knowledge? Why is this hadith a proof? And the companions did not withhold knowledge in totality. Because the hadith is Baina Aidina. We have the hadith amongst us. So even so, and the Ahlul Ibn they mention that with this, Mu'ab al Jabal feared, the great, had the greatest fear that he did not want to withhold anything from the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Hence, he narrated this narration. And narrated in its totality, the advice of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu To understand from this, not only that Mu'ad ibn Jabal did not want to withhold anything from the Prophet, Sallallahu but also that he, radiallahu anhu, mentions the advice of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu within it, which is from his Jawam al-Kalim, that we do not become reliant upon that affair of not falling into shirk. So we understand that the companions, 
they transmitted the sunnah in totality. And they did not fall into anything from any kitman al-ilm, any withholding knowledge. And the Qur'an is an indication of that. That Allah Ta'ala we mentioned in relation to the Qur'an and those that were the hafidun. I refer to them as the hafidun. I those that preserve the Qur'an. Beginning with the companions. That they wrote down the ayat of the, of, of the Qur'an. Hence when the Messenger of Allah mentioned as well لا تكتبوا سواء القرآن I do not write down anything other than the Quran. However, we have another narration as well that mentions where the Prophet ﷺ commanded one of his companions to write down the words that he was transmitting. I from his sunnah. And so how do we understand this too? We have one where the Prophet ﷺ says, don't write anything other than the Quran. Another where it says, where it states, I to write down these words from him. How do you understand the two? Question clear. Now, how do you understand the two? The one where he told him to write, it came after. You're saying? Okay. Uh, how would you know? It came after. How, how can we check? Sometimes we know, sometimes we don't. So you're supporting his, you're bringing the, the dealer for him. The timeline. This is Team Mahmoud. <laughs> so we have that for example like we can say it was revealed afterwards however the reality is as is mentioned by many of the muhaditheen the jump is jump between the two it's possible to make to combine between the two and harmonize between the two and that is that the messenger of Allah his prohibition of writing down other than the Quran, or writing down, or the prohibition of writing anything other than the Quran, rather, was in the time when Quran was being revealed. So at the exact moment when ayat are being revealed, then at that point, you only write down those ayat. At that point, only the ayats were being written down. So that there could be, so there could be no confusion in relation to that which is written down by way of the ayat of Allah, ta'ala, and that which is written down by way of the hadith from Nabawi. By way of the hadith from the Prophet And so this is where, this is why he mentions, I, la Quran. Do not write down anything other than the Quran. And this is from the means of the Messenger of Allah yani preserving the Quran. Likewise, we have the narration of Umar ibn Khattab, anhu, where he prayed behind an individual, and he heard him recite an ayat 
other than how he knew those ayat to be revealed. And he ended the salah, he grabbed him and took him to the Messenger of Allah. And so the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he stated to Umar ibn Khattab, recite the ayah as you know it. And Umar recited the ayah. Then he said to the man, recite the ayah as you know it. Or he said to Umar, recite the ayah as you know it. Umar recited the ayah. And he said to the Salatu Salam, have the Quran. This is the this is from the Quran. And he said to the to the man that led the salah, recite the ayah as you know it. And he recited the ayah. And likewise, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, stated, have the Quran. Likewise, this is from the Quran. And so the day after he mentioned that the Quran has been revealed ala sabati ahruf. The Quran has been revealed upon seven different forms of kira'a. Seven different lahjat. So seven different dialects in the Arabic language. And so not only do we understand that the the Quran has been revealed and it's been preserved and it's preserved in the same manner as well upon these seven different lugats. Likewise with that we understand as well that this continued with the companions as well. So the companions continued to preserve the Quran by way of its recitation, by way of its teaching. And other than that, even though in the time of Abu Bakr, during the Khilafah of Abu Bakr, there was the harp, the war against the Murtaddin, and the war against those that had left Islam. Shaykh Ali Nasr al-Fadihi mentions that those that left the deen of Islam were generally of two types. You had those that had generally left the yani Amuman, so they had left Islam. And they had those that had left due to their refusal to pay the zakah. Those that had left due to their refusal to pay the zakah. And so thus, the the Khalifa, the Sahabi Jaleel, Abi Bakr, waged war against them. From amongst those that were killed in battle were Adat, yani a large amount from the Quran, a large amount from those that resided from the Book of Allah. And those that were proficient in recitation of the Book of Allah. And those that were proficient when it came to the preservation of the Book of Allah. And so even though they were killed, the companions remained steadfast in the preservation of these ayat. I mean, steadfast became the preservation, preservation of these ayat. And the reason why we understand that these individuals were killed 
I, there were a large amount from the Qurra that were killed. Why? As we mentioned in the, the, our previous lesson of Umdat al-Fiqh, the Aqari, in the, in the time of the companions, wasn't merely an individual that had memorized Qur'an and could recite it with proficiency. Rather, the Qari was from amongst the Fuqaha. The Qari was the individual that, could, that recited from the Book of Allah with proficiency. However, he understood each and every one of those ayat. As is mentioned by Abu Abdurrahman, he mentioned the, the narration, that the companions would not surpass ten ayat until they understood yani, the ma'ani, the meaning of these ayat. And so if you are a person that understood the meaning of these ayat, you know, that has an effect upon you. And you read the ayat, you understand the ayat of fighting the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you read the ayat in relation to defense of deen and the sunnah. Then when you have those that oppose, from amongst those that left the fold of Islam, one way or another, then they found themselves, the Qurra, found themselves at the forefront in defense of the deen. With their ruler, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. And so this, no doubt, is how we understand this affair of the companions and the defense of this. And so, Sheikh Hussain goes on to say, Man za'man al-sahaba qassaru fi bayan al-haq wa tawdih wa hamlih lil-nas an rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa yazum anna lahu majalan an yatakallam أو يديف شيئا فهذا يريد الشر بالناس. And so if the person claims, if an individual claims that the companions fell short when it comes to making bayan of the haq, in the clarification of the truth, from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu or they claim that there's room for them to speak. I was referring to there's room for them to add their own commentary over and above that which is mentioned by the companions. Naam, they can read all their own commentary or add something on. Then you know that this, pe this person in reality does not intend anything but evil for the people. لأن الصحابة رضي الله عنهم ما تركوا مما سمعوا من رسول صلى الله عليه وسلم أو رآه شيئا إلا بلغوه للأمة بأمانة وبينوه للأمة And so the reality is that, is that the companions did not leave anything that they left or that they heard rather from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi or that they saw from him except that they conveyed it and they conveyed this amana, this is a trust and they clarified it to the Ummah 
ولذلك تفسير الصحابة يقدم على تفسير غيرهم لأنهم تلاميذ الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم وسمعوا منه القرآن and so the tafsir of the companions takes precedence over and above the tafsir of anyone other than them why? because they heard the Quran from him they heard the Quran directly from the Messenger of Allah they heard the hadith from him and they heard from him والسلام, the bayan of the Quran so they heard from him that which was clarified from the Quran that which is understood from the Quran and likewise ra'aw amaluhu and along with that they saw his actions and so they transmitted that and it was an amana Remember, as we understand from the Aqeed of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, is that the companions, all of them are thiqat adul. All of them are thiqat. All of them are trustworthy. All of them are upright in deen. And so, due to that, we know that they transmit, and that which they have brought forth from the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is by way of them fulfilling that amana, fulfilling that amana of conveying from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَمَنْزَعَمْ and so whoever claims that these companions, they fell short or they left something that they did not convey, then understand that such an individual is a kadhaab. Such an individual is regarded as being a liar. And he has gone astray and he has led others astray. He's gone astray, no doubt, due to that which he's upon his claims in relation to the companions. He's gone astray in relation to his doubts that he has about the companions and their uprightness and their trustworthiness. These are individuals that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised. These are individuals that the Prophet sallallahu has praised. Allah ta'ala mentioned in relation to them As-sabikoon al-awwaloon min al-muhajibin wa-ansar. وَالَّذِينَ اَتَّبِعُوهُمْ بِحْسَانٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضْوَانٍ Those were the first of whom to proceed from amongst the Mahajirin by those that made hijrah from Mecca to Medina and the Ansar, the companions of who were the inhabitants of Medina وَالَّذِينَ اَتَّبِعُوهُمْ بِحْسَانٍ And those that followed them in good رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضْوَانٍ Allah Ta'ala is pleased with them likewise, they are pleased with Him Allah Ta'ala is pleased the importance of a tawfiq. We understand the importance of the Muslims, we understand the importance of mentioning an individual and his trustworthiness, or his uprightness, the ta'deel of an individual, praise of an individual. So if now, for example, you were to say Fulan, so-so, Zaid bin al-Nas, he's upright, 
Sheikh Fulan knows him. And the Sheikh from the Mashiach Din knows him. He speaks well of him. No doubt, that will endear you to an individual. Let's go that Then when it's said now that these individuals not, were not praised by a Sheikh from Mashiach Din, however, these individuals are praised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala praised these individuals. Then no doubt. This form of ta'adil is the highest form of praise that is possible there for there to be. And so thus with that, Allah Ta'ala knows best. We understand. We understand that this these individuals are all trustworthy. And so if an individual speaks ill of them or brings doubt in relation to that which they are transmitting, then they are astray. But not only that, then they are leading others astray. Why? Because this speech is something that will lead the people to feel a degree of doubt in relation to the reality of the companions. Sheikh and Sheikh Ubaid, he also mentions the one that makes Ta'an for Sahaba, for Hada, Kufr. The one that speaks ill of the companions, and this is Kufr. Due to the fact that this is, or this, this uh, speaking ill of the companions, is a makhalafa lil kitab. It's something which opposes the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so no doubt if the individual directly opposes that which is from Allah, then this is an action of, an act of kufr. And so this is why as well we understand the gravity of speaking ill of the companions. And so Shaykh Fawzai goes to mention, من أين جاءنا هذا القرآن وهذه الأحاديث وهذا الفقه إلا منهم أي when did, where did the Quran come from and the أحاديث and the fiqh except from amongst them we understand that the companions are the first Hufad of the Quran they were the first to memorize the Quran. When we say memorize the Quran, I no doubt memorize the Quran with that. I memorize the Quran in relation to the Quran itself and its ayat. But also when we say memorize the Quran, memorize the Quran with its tafsir and its ayat. When a person generally opens the book of tafsir, especially from the first books of tafsir, what will he find? Except that he will find narrations of the companions explaining the ma'ani of the ayat. Narration of the companions explaining the, ayani, the meanings of the ayat, or narration of the companions from the Prophet وسلم, where he والسلام, explains the reason why certain ayat have been revealed. And this is from the companions of the Messenger of Allah. Along with that as well, when it comes to the affair of fiqh and ahkam, the ahkam begin with the Prophet. And there are his companions. How many from amongst the companions are regarded as being from amongst the fuqaha in deen? And this is all disseminated and has been carried by them. And so if now a person, going back to the first point we made, if a person makes time or speaks ill of the companions or brings into question their integrity and their upright nature, رَضِ anhum jamia. If a person brings that into question, 
then of course it opens the door for him to bring them to question that which they are carrying, which is the deen of Islam. Whether it be the Quran and its meanings, or the ayat, whether it be the ahadith or the messenger of Allah, sallam, or whether it be the fiqh deen. This is a means of a person opening that up in order to speak ill against the Muslims and the affairs of deen Allah Ta'ala knows best. And thereafter, Baba Hadi mentioned, I is such a person, for who Mubtadi'un Dalamuddin. Muhdithun fil Islam ma'alaysa minhu. So such an individual is a Mubtadi'. Such an individual is a Mubtadi'. Dalamuddin. I is astray, and these others are astray. And this is his cost, his intent is his ministry. And his intent is to new event an affair in deen. A person is not able to new event an affair in Islam if he holds in high regard those that carry the sunnah, the messenger of Allah. And he protects them and their honor. However, if he brings into question now and he tries to spread doubt in relation to them and their integrity, then this allows for him to newly invent an affair in the deen of Islam. Becomes an affair of ease for him, where he can say that whilst it's an affair in Islam, so-and-so companion said it and he has they say something even about that companion and then they use that to replace that, that affair of sunnah that maybe a companion came with and is narrated to replace it with bid'ah going back to what we mentioned that a person does not newly invent an affair yani a bid'ah except that it replaces something like it from the sunnah and so this is the action of these individuals and they take this fursa, they take it as an, as an opportunity to lead the people astray. Thereafter, we have the next point, which we'll mention now, inshallah. Fadl Umar. And the English, Musa, you have English? Yes. Tfadda. Rather, it is just a case of affirming the narration 
question and let's listen to it from Muhammad. Without asking how, explaining or saying why or how. In relation to this, the first point that uh, Baba Hari mentions, I, that he, or he negates, is the affair of Qiyas. The affair of Qiyas, yani analogy. And what is, refer, what is referring to here, as mentioned by Shaykh Ali Nasr Faqih, is Qiyas in relation to yani the affair of Aqidah. There's no analogy in Aqidah. There's no analogy when it comes to Asma wa Sifat. There's no analogy in that regard. And so rather, when it comes to this affair of the Aqidah of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah, then it is Tawqifiyah. It's something which is absolute. And the Shaykh Hussain goes on to mention, لا مجال لزيارة فيها عبدا There's no means for there to be any form of increase or person adding to that. رَابَ مَدَارُهَا أَلَا مَا جَاءَ عَنْ رَسُولِهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَنِ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ So rather, that which it revolves around and that which is based upon the affair of deen and the aqidah is that which the Prophet ﷺ came with and that which, or that which came from Allah and that which came from the Messenger of Allah And so whoever opposes that which the Messenger ﷺ came with then this is Batil, it's Dalala. And so we understand from that that there is no Sharh when it comes to yani, the Asma or Sifat of Allah. Yani, Sharh, yani, explanation, or ta, yani, when we refer to Sharh yani, or explanation, then we refer to no doubt explaining it upon Batil and Ta'wilat. A distorting or taharif of these ayat or of these asma wa sifat. Likewise, the reality of the asma wa sifat is that there's no taqif. Because it doesn't ask how in relation to asma wa sifat. So we understand and we accept this affair of the aqidah, kamaja. Hence why thereafter Baba Hari mentions Bel huwa tasdiq bi'athari rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bila kayf wala sharh wala yuqal lima wala kayf and so rather the speech is an affirmation of that which has been narrated by the Messenger of Allah in terms of our Aqidah we affirm that which he came with alayhi salatu wasalam bila kayf wala sharh wala yuqal lima wa kayf wala kayf naam so it doesn't come with any form of we affirm it but it doesn't come with any form of question we don't ask how in relation to these asma wa sifat 
or explain them, explain them away. Or we say, how or why raised these Asma'a Sifat. When it comes to the Asma'a Sifat, when it comes to the Aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah, then there is an absolute acceptance. As an absolute acceptance. An acceptance of the Aqwar of Rasulullah Accepting the speech of the Messenger of Allah When it comes to the Asma'a Sifat and in the relation of Amur Aqeedah. And so we do not fall into those affairs of the Jahmir, of Muttaza, or Ashairah where they seek to explain away or explain somebody's Asma'a Sifat upon Batin. Kaza'mihim an murad bil yad al-Qudra. Naam. And so, wal murad bil wajh al-Dat, wal murad bil istiwa al-Istila. So we don't like these individuals that will say, for example, when they refer to the hand of Allah, then they say, no, no, it's not the hand, it's the qudra, it's the, it's the ability, Allah's ability, His power. No, we, we explain it and we accept it just as it has come from the, pre, from the Nabi Alayhi Likewise, when it refers to the, the face of Allah, yani Allah's that. Yani refer to Allah specifically, it's in His existence, no, right, but we refer to His face as His face. As well as Allah Ta'ala rising. Above the throne. He rose above the throne. We affirm that in a manner in which has been revealed to us. Yeah, and it just has been revealed. And we do not say that it's something where Allah overcame or he conquered the throne as they say. This is a sharh which is batil. And so when he, refer, he refers to Bilal Sharh without any sharh, there is a sharh upon batil. I explain it away upon batil. And so, we don't understand from that ayah without any explanation, that it cannot be explained any explanation in totality. Rather, if now, the Aqeedah is explained by way of, or by aid of other texts, then of course, we use that. We use the text. But we do not reject the text and explain them away as you find other actions of these individuals that have gone astray and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And this alhamdulillah concludes these two main points that we should discuss today. And inshallah ta'ala in our next lesson we'll go on to discuss the affair of al-khusumat wal-jidal yani argumentation and the evil of that and how that opposes the sunnah and the manhaj of the salaf wallahu ta'ala a'lam jazakum khairan ikhwa wa barakallahu fikum wa sallallahu wa baraka nabiyyina muhammad wa alihi wa sallam is there anybody called siddiq
So the, the the question in relation to going to masajid uh, or the masajid that ascribed to the may maybe they may ascribe to Salafia as well. Or yeah, or not. I, I mean they may, <laughs> but they're definitely so in cities where there's a selfie masjid. No. Uh, no. Um, maybe internally they do mm. Allah maybe mm. they ascribe outwardly like that. Whether they ascribe or not is neither here yeah. nor there to be fair. Because Ibra bil No. So you find this, and the people they they will have the, they may have doubt within themselves. They may spread a doubt as well, but they say that how can this masjid not be upon Salafia when they are teaching the books of yani the imma, or they're teaching the books of the scholars that are known to be Salafi scholars. The reality is this: that the truth is when it comes to a Salafia, Salafia as we've been taught by first and foremost by the narrations beginning with the narrations of the Messenger of Allah and the narrations of the Salaf themselves and thereafter the A'imma of Deen that Salafiyah is adhering to the Book of Allah the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah as well as the Faham of the Salaf of this Ummah that's Salafiyah yani, in, the, in the general sense and so, irrespective of what a person is doing, in terms of what they're teaching, if they oppose anything for one of these three things, then it cannot be said that now that they are Salafi. They oppose any one of these three things. More specifically, if you find that sometimes these books, some of these books are being taught, then it goes back to as well what the people are upon and the reality of what they're upon. What we mean by way of that is that you may find that the people may cling to the scholars that have passed away in order to claim that they are with them. However, the same type of people, when these scholars were alive, flee from them and flee from their manhaj. A clear example of that would be the Khawarij in this time that we live in now. Where the Khawarij, if you hear them speak about, some of them speak about Shaykh bin Baz now, they hold him in high esteem. And Shaykh bin Baz, no doubt, was from amongst the scholars of Salafiyya. Bel he was from those that regarded it as being an obligation to make intisab to the manager of Salaf. He regarded it as being an obligation to regard oneself, to call oneself Salafi, Shaykh bin Baz. So now, the same individuals, that hold him in high regard today, after his death, claiming or seeking to make to distort some of his text and some of his speech. These are the same individuals, I those that preceded them, or even maybe some of the same people that would make takfir of Sheikh bin Baz when he was alive, and flee from Sheikh bin Baz when he was alive. And this is the way of Ahlul Bid'ah in reality. The reality of Ahlul Bid'ah. And the reality of bid'ah itself, innovation itself, is that it's narcus, it's something which is deficient. 
It's not something which is attached to the text. It's not something which is attached to the kitab of the sunnah and understanding of the salaf. So because of that, it becomes a following of individuals, personalities. And so how they seek to lead the people of truth astray is that they will, they will attach themselves to the personalities. Naam, attach themselves to the individuals to disguise themselves as people of sunnah. And so this is what you find. That they may read from the books of the people of sunnah. How many of the individuals may read from the books of Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab? Or they may read from the books of Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah? However, when you really look at the manhaj of these individuals, like these mashayikh and these ulama, but these a'imma, and you look at the manhaj of these individuals, Arab, this is in one valley and that's in another valley. What they're saying and what they're purporting to believe in are two different things. Because the reality is, is that as mentioned, because of the deficiency that they have in what they're, in what they're carrying in terms of their manage, they can only entice the people by way of names. So if they're seeking to entice and bring in a Salafi, then they will speak about the Salafi scholars. They'll speak about the Salafi scholars and generally speak about the Salafi scholars that have passed away, claiming that these scholars are with them. And if they're seeking just to bring in, for example, with a lot of these Hizbiyin, they seek to bring in Shabab, a lot of the youth, then they'll attach the people to personalities, that the youth will, in, will be encouraged with. So they, they become attached to personalities or it will be social media personalities. And the people that speak without knowledge, but speak with passion. So it's all passion, it's all passion. And the source is nowhere to be seen. But it's something that entices the youth and gathers the numbers. So we understand that this is, a, this, this is a practice where it comes to inviting the people upon the affair of personality. Whether those personalities be upon truth or batik. It's neither here nor there. It's about gathering the numbers. And so they will state, because they can't reject the books of truth, they can't reject the books of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, so they will attempt to teach them. And attempt to bring the people in with those books. However, in reality, if you read those books and you read the, you, you read the understanding of those books as is understood or as they should be understood, then these people are far from that in practice. A clear example, for exa a clear example of that would be in the Firaf al-Usul, in this Maqaddimah, where Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahhab is referring to that the one that believes in Allah and the Messenger or hears the Sunnah of the Nabi does not have love for the one that opposes Allah and His Messenger. I the clear indication of al-wala wal-bara, laying the clear foundation of al-wala wal-bara. Now loving for the hate of loving for the loving for the sake of Allah, hating for the sake of Allah. Clear foundation. A foundation that is opposed by many individuals in this time that we live in now. 
every time has its fitna. It's fitna. Naam. You had the fitna when it came to the Qalq quran for example. You had the fitna when it came to those talking about the, the Qadr. You had the fitna of the Khawarij. Naam. And Allah Ta'ala knows best, but some Ahlul Ilm that they mention, the fitna of our time is one of Al-Wala Wal-Bara. The fitna of Hizbiyyah. People associated for the sake of Allah. So now you read this in Firafat al-Usul. Time. That you do not associate with the ones that oppose Allah and His Messenger. And then you look at the practice of these individuals. And they bring everyone together. The manager bringing everyone. Every single individual. Bring them together. Kumbaya manhaj. Every single individual. And then they will read that same text. But then what you may find is that they read the text and just go past it. Just go past it. Or they may read and pause of adhering to the sunnah and give a general give a general explanation of it. Be upon that which the Prophet was upon. Now. And then you may find, as uh, I was asking earlier, that they adhere to the manager of the Salaf. They, they say that they're Salafi, some of these individuals. However, that which the Salaf were upon in relation to Muhammad of Ahlul Bid'ah is nowhere to be seen within their governments. Rather, what you find with them is al-waqi'ah fi ahli sunnah. I speak in ill of ahli sunnah. And when it comes to ahli bid'ah, then they are as weak as you'll find. When it comes to ahli bid'ah, these are the weakest individuals that you find. And this is the manhaj, and this is the methodology, and the silsila that you find from individuals such as Abu al-Hasan al-Ma'arabi, or Ali Hassan al-Halabi. That when it came to ahli sunnah, shidda. When it came to the imma of Ahlul Sunnah, when it came to the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah, he found with them shidda. They were shadeed, they spoke ill. They would say things about Ahlul Sunnah, naam, that you would not find. They would say about Ahlul Bid'ah. When it came to Ahlul Bid'ah, it was excuse after excuse after excuse. It was this and it was that. Iltimas al adhar Seeking this excuse, seeking that excuse. This person may have said something opposition, in opposition to the haq. And what was said in response? Man, what did he mean by that? Or what, what was the intent behind that? Rather, us as Ahlul Sunnah, we're upon one way. This is not how we deal with the people of innovation. If a person has opposed the Sunnah, the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, then we leave that. We leave them and we leave, we leave what they're upon. And then when it comes... To the Sunnah, the Messenger of Allah and his people, we have love for them. Kan man kan. We love those individuals. You may not like them. How many times you come across someone, you may not like him. But he's Sunni. So you have to love him. And so this, when you find these, these particular actions with these individuals, Naam, it's important that you reflect upon that which is found in the text and you compare that which is found in these texts to what these individuals are upon. What is it that you find in the text and then what are they upon? Are they one and the same? If they're one and the same, inshallah If they're not, and they and with a lot of these individuals, they're not going to be the same, then it's not about the mere claim that they, they, they're with these ulama because, as you said, these are people of personalities. Whether those personalities be personalities that are good or evil personalities.
their people of personalities in order to gather numbers. And their himma and their ahdaf, their goals are centered around gathering of numbers. Allah Ta'ala knows best. يعني معاملته هي على حسب يعني على حسب بدعته ولا حسب المعامل He's asking about how do you deal with someone that is upon bid'ah he's, he's, he attends to maybe a message that's not upon salafiyya. No? The, the reality is it's, it's upon it goes back to every single uh, case. It's by case by case. And so our Sheikh our Sheikh uh, Abdullah Uh, now, he's mentioned uh, Sheikh, uh, he's mentioned this uh, Isnad of the Quran. Sheikh Abdullah Al-Hamam mentioned to us uh, when we were in Medina uh, some speech of his Sheikh uh, Muhammad Al-Banna around the same topic in relation to how to deal with uh, Ahlul Bid'ah, the people upon innovation, the people that are uh, upon some form of misguidance. And what we understand from it is that it's upon the individual. And uh, Sheikh Muhammad al-Banna, he mentioned that if the individual is known to be mu'anid, uh, he's an absolute rejecter, the haqs come to him, he stubbornly rejects that haq, then there's no room for dialogue with him and engaging with him because he's rejected the haq. So well, there's no room for dialogue with him so you leave him, leave him to that. If, for example, now, from what's apparent that the individual doesn't know, وَيَحْتَاجْ دَعْوَ is in need of da'wah. And you're the one that possesses something that will aid him in his deen. Then, of course, you would advise him to the haqq and the form of the sunnah. And so it's about every single individual case and what we know from the individual is the person upon the sunnah. Now, I'm always a person inclined towards the sunnah. Maybe a person is genuinely confused. How many times do you hear a person say, this person says this, that person says that, I don't understand. Now, this person, he said he's upon the truth, that person said he's upon the truth. How do I know what the truth is? Now, there's a person genuinely confused. And of course, such a person needs to be sat down and have the affair explained to them. Generally, what you find as well with da'wah, and I can't, obviously, I can't account for everyone. Maybe some of us, literally, Allah Ta'ala, were born upon the haqq, yani born upon Salafiyah, born into families upon Salafiyah. And that, of course, is ni'mah. But those of us that weren't, what you generally find is that when it comes to a person embracing and coming upon the haqq, it's because an individual invested some time in us. So individuals sat with us and explained, this is what Islam is, for example. This is Islam. This is the Da'wah of the Anbiya wa Mursaleen. And this is why you need to become Muslim. If you become Muslim, 
and act upon the Islam, then inshallah, reward of Jannah is for you. If you die upon this kufr, then you die upon a way where the person will enter Jahannam for eternity. And the person is explained to an individual. And then there's a form of dialogue as well. It could be a form of dialogue where a person, he has doubts, he brings the doubts. He has the doubts removed. Now, that's how we find the majority of the cases of the people is that the affair of the, or their journey towards becoming a Salafi, their journey towards embracing the, the deen and becoming a Salafi, now, is one where another individual has invested time in them. And so sometimes that may be us. We may be those individuals that invest time in another. However, going back to the first point, if we know that this person has been advised and the person is clear that he does not want or that he, he says he does not want that, that truth, now you leave him upon that way. You leave him. Protect yourself. And in some cases, many cases, that's not only protecting yourself, but it's a means of aiding him too. Why? Because if you leave him, and even in some cases leave off the salam, and in other cases leave off initiating the salam with him, or in some cases even refuse to return the salam to him, then in these cases, it's going to cause him and force him to reflect. You're not helping that individual if you feel like you're being nice. You're being a good person. And so I'm still going to engage in him because if, I'm, if I turn away from him, then, then people hide behind this term, this bad da'wah. Rather, you're engaging with him whilst he's still upon Dalala and he's clearly, reflect, clearly rejecting the truth. That's bad da'wah. Because now the person... See or not see the gravity of what they're upon. The gravity of their opposition to the truth. But if now you're an individual that leaves this person and it may even get to the, to the scenario where you don't return his salams. If it gets to that scenario and there's narrations of that found in Sunnah Abi Dawud where Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam refused to, to extend his hand in the salam of an individual. Naam Likewise, the narration of the narration of Awza'i, Naam, the narration of Awza'i, where a relative came to him and stretched out his hand to give him salam, so to initiate the salams with him. And Awza'i, rahimahullah, rejected. I refuse to return the salams. This was a relative of his. It was a relative of his. And he responded by way of saying, Lokanatid dunya, lakanatid muqaraba, wa lakinahuddin. Lokanatid dunya, lakanatid muqaraba, wa lakinahuddin. He stated, if it was an affair of dunya, then we would establish muqaraba, we would establish a relationship. We would have kept this relationship. Yeah, you are a relative of mine. I would have kept this relationship with you. If it was an affair of dunya. However, it's deen. However, it's the affair of deen. This is why he left him. This is what caused the person to reflect. 
If a person is an absolute stubborn rejecter, he will make you find, and you find this, the person may make the issue about you. Oh, he didn't return my salams. This individual didn't initiate Islam with me. This person has bad manners, and, then, and all of the rest of the kalam. Whilst he knows why the person is doing so. Why? Because he still wants to reject the truth. Then another individual, he may reflect upon that. And that reflection leads him to the truth. So by way of you saying that, no, I need to be soft with the individual, I this person that is absolutely rejecting the truth. And now I still need to be soft with him. And this is good dawah. No doubt, as Sheikh and as Sheikh Rabia mentions, the asl of the dawah is rifq. The basis of dawah is rifq, yani gentleness. No doubt. However, there comes a time where shiddah is needed. There may be a time where shiddah is needed, where you may need to be harsh with an individual. Everyone's different. Someone naam, you're soft with them, and they accept. Some people, as the saying goes, are hard-headed. Naam, and so you have to hit a bit harder to get, them, to get what you need to get into their head. Everyone's different. So, in relation to the question, then it really depends upon the individual. And not everyone can be treated in the exact same way. Because the reality is, that person not being upon the truth is an ailment, is a, is a marad. But, that marad is different, there's different reasons for that marad, for that ailment. Just as us as individuals, I feel a bit shy talking about the doctor here, but just as us as individuals have different amrad, and there are different ways to treat those, those, ailment, those ailments. We cannot now say, every single ailment we give the same treatment. Naam. Every single ailment, whether you've got a cough, paracetamol. Headache, paracetamol. Cancer, paracetamol. It's not going to work, is it? So the same affair when it comes to dealing with the people and the, the ailment of a person, that is not upon the truth. How do we deal with that? It depends on the circumstance. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Allah Ta'ala. Naam. First of all, the, the, the affair of uh, hasad and kibber is not an is not a illness of the mind, but an illness of the heart. Now, the hasad and kibber is an illness of the heart. It would, it's not necessarily that a person, and Allah Taala knows best, where you can say that this is this is uh, placed within their heart by way of magic and kibber. But however, what can or magic now that can places in a person's heart? However, what can happen is that. If a person is afflicted by something, by magic or uh, ayn, he can fall into things that weakens his resolve, weakens him as an individual, that leaves his heart susceptible to different ailments. So he may be weakened by the magic and then the ailments enter the heart. Does that make sense? No. Uh-huh. 
واعتقد انه يتعب بكلام بعض العلماء كشيخ ربيع وكبعض العلماء ثاني كشيخ فوزان فوقف معي وقال لي خلاص انا بروح خلاص ما ما بتعامل معك فبعض الاخوه ممكن ما عندهم هذا الامكانيه يعني يجاوبهم كيف يعني الطريقه اللي يتعامل معهم In a time, yani, how do you deal with someone that is uh, ask, asking you questions and they're seeking to test you? No. They're seeking to test you. The reality is that they're from Ahlul Bidah. The reality is, if you can't answer for, and you can't answer their questions for, for whatever reason, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no shame in that regard. Naam, it's going to come out calling my Malik, I don't know. Half of knowledge. However, if it, as soon as it becomes apparent, that this person is not ask, acting in good faith, as they say. So he's not asking these questions in order to reach a resolution or reach the haq. Naam. Then you leave them. Either you, direct, you leave them completely or you direct them towards someone that can convey the truth to them. If they want that truth. If, they, if they've only come to try to cause tashrish, they're trying they try to cause mischief and to bring your shubha, leave them. And we don't, and we're going to show this something we're going to discuss next week. We don't get into jidal with them. We don't get to argumentation with them and debating with them and the likes of that. Because all that happens in debate, the reality of debate is what? I hear what you have to say, you hear what I have to say. Or you say something, I respond to what you say. With all of that, you're taking into your ears and into your heart what he's saying. You don't know what's going to affect you from what he's saying and what he's not saying. So what you do, as soon as it becomes clear, you protect yourself, your deen, and your heart, and you leave him. And if he wants to continue to argue, then you know that he, he's the one upon shaykh. Now, come on, come on. About the salaf, when someone came to debate, and he says, and he states that, as for me, I'm Hanbayina. I'm Hanbayina, which is absolute clarity. As for you, then you're upon shaykh. You're upon doubt. Then go to one that, is, that has doubt just like you. This is the reality of the person. The person is, is, is uh, determined to debate. If that individual is determined to debate, that Mubtada is determined to debate, the reality is he's not determined to debate to convince you about his madhab. He's trying to convince himself. He wants to convince himself by way of convincing you. So you don't even give him that, that opportunity. No. Barakallahu. Wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallam.